Are you ready for a journey? I am ready for a journey. Did you get, get the pattern here? I am ready to go on a journey. I am ready to take a hike. I am ready to discover purpose and vision. And that's what we're going to do over this journey towards Easter. I mean, I got my cargo pants with lots of pockets in them. And, you know, I got my hat to keep the sun off my bald head. And, uh, you know, got my fishing vest. I'm, I'm ready to go on a journey. Although, you know, as I start today and I'm, I'm out here and I feel like I'm, I'm ready, I'm, I'm already discovering I'm, I'm missing one thing for my journey. I mean, if I'm going to go on a journey and, and you, know, go out, you know, camping and hiking and doing all that kind of stuff, there's, there's one more thing I need. Anybody know what that one thing is? It's not a map. I need a pair of binoculars, don't I? I mean, wouldn't that kind of complete the outfit? That's where you say, amen, Pastor. You look better in, with binoculars, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I need a pair of binoculars, right? Well, what do you need a pair of binoculars for? Well, they help you see further down the road, right? They give you a picture of what's further down the road. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about understanding that each one of us was created with a vision. And that we need to discover, as a Christ follower... We need to discover if we're going to do the journey, not just the journey to Easter, but if, if we're going to do the journey that we're on in life and make it a meaningful and purpose-driven life, if it's going to be a life that stands for something, then we've got to discover vision. We've got to discover what is vision. If we look into the Scriptures and look at Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah was looking at his own life and he was asking the vision question. He was looking at his life and he said, Why did I come out of the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed in shame? Isn't that a vision question? He's saying, Listen, what am I here for? What is my life supposed to be about? Why was I born? Why did I come out of my mother's womb? What is my life supposed to stand for? He was asking a vision question. That's the question we're going to ask. And it's really the question of the day. The question of the day is, as you sit here this morning, if you're a sold-out Christ follower, do you, do you have a vision? Can, can you answer that question of why you're in this world and why Christ died to recreate you? What it is that He wants you to accomplish and how He wants you to make a difference in the kingdom of heaven? You see, if you can't answer that question, you haven't discovered your vision yet. And God wants us to have a vision. He created us with a vision. If we look at Proverbs 29, it's kind of the key verse for the whole Kazone experience. If we look at Proverbs 29, it says, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes a man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Let's start at the beginning. Where there is no vision... No redemptive revelation of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there is no vision. The people do what? Perish, right? Where there is no vision, the people perish. See, if we don't have a vision for what God wants to accomplish in our lives and, and where God wants our life to go, then our life is going to perish. What does it mean? It means our life is going to be meaningless. Insignificant. It's like a lot of the folks, you were probably listening to that video going, wow, I mean, is this like really the way people live? Yes. Yes. If they haven't been 
recreated in Christ, then, then they haven't discovered the possibility of what their life can become in the meaning and the difference their life can make. To be rediscovered and recreated in Christ is to discover that opportunity that we have to be difference makers in the world. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's the reality for us. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Notice it also said it has to be a redemptive revelation of God. If it's a redemptive revelation of God, it means it's God's vision for your life, and it's not yours, right? It's not yours. It means we're not going to take this time together over these weeks, and we're just going to talk about, let's see, what do I want to do with my life? That's not the focus of a Christ follower. The focus we're going to be on is to say, wait, wait, wait a minute. It's not about what you think your life ought to be about. It's not about where you think your life ought to go. That was a lot of those people up there on the screen, right? No, the real question is, what is God's vision for your life? Why are you here? What, what is it that God wants you to accomplish? Notice it says, a redemptive revelation of God. It means, what is God's preferred future in Christ for you? What does God look at your life and say, listen, this is why this person came out of the womb. And we know God has that purpose for us. We know that everything we do is supposed to be about Him. We can see it right away in Colossians. Colossians says, everything was created by Him. Everything in heaven and on earth, everything seen and unseen, including all forces, all powers, and all rulers and authorities, all things were created by God's Son, and everything was made for Him. Now, if you qualify in the everything that was made category, and I think everybody in the room qualifies, right? If you qualify in the everything category, it means your life is not for you. It's not about you. Your life is about Him. You were created for Him. When you were formed and fashioned, He was thinking about you and what you could be and accomplish and the difference that you could make in this world when you live for Him. See, we get messed up when we start living for ourselves. Things get out of whack and we lose the vision when we start living for ourselves. Look what Paul says in Romans 8. He says, if, if our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. Does that sound similar to if there, the people have, if there is no vision, the people perish? See the parallel? I mean, the reality is, if we focus on ourselves, if our purpose, if our vision is only about ourselves, then our life is going to be meaningless. We're not going to make a difference in the kingdom of heaven. Our life is going to go nowhere. But notice how he ends. He says, but if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, we'll have life and peace. Now let's work this out. If I focus on my own, I'll have death. If I focus on God's vision for my life, I'll have life and peace. Death, life and peace. Death, life and peace. No-brainer? No-brainer, isn't it? I mean, 
gee, I choose this, I choose death. Really? Why would you do that when you can have life and peace? I mean, what he's trying to tell us is, listen, if you get the vision that God created you for, if you, if you just give your life over and you surrender and say, listen, I'm here to make a difference for Christ, that's first and foremost in my life, and you get a vision of what God can do in your life, then God will return into your life life and peace. You see, that's the way it works. When we surrender our life to Him, and, and when we get in the groove of what He wants to accomplish for us, when we get walking in His walk, then we discover how God supplies everything that we need for our journey. Let me give you an example of that to, to prove that to you in the, in the Scripture. This goes back to the experience of the people of God when they came out of Egypt, right? So they come out of Egypt, and, uh, you know, the stick goes up, and the waters part, and the people go through, and uh, they journey on, and God is leading them. And finally, they get to the bottom of the promised land. They get to the lower southern end of the promised land. I want you to notice it's called what? The promised land. It's not just any land. This is the land that God visioned and promised for his people. Remember that, right? This is the vision that God has for his people. The land he has promised them. They get there. They go send in spies. The spies come back and give the report. And here's the, uh, here's the outcome. Then Caleb, one of the spies, silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Does this guy have a vision? Is he tracking in a God vision? Totally. Right? He's totally looking at the land and saying, Hey, this is the promise. This is the vision. This, this is what God promised to us. He, he gave us a picture of this. He, he took our forefathers out and said, Listen, I'm going to give you as many descendants as the stars, and I'm going to give you a land. This is it. Let's go get it. This is a guy who's got his life on track with God's vision, isn't he? Let's go do it. Notice the others. But the men who had gone up with him said, Well... We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, well, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are great size. And we saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, and they come from the Nephilim. And, and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Where are they tracking? I don't think we can do it. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not sure this is in my best interest. Whose vision are they tracking with? It's all about them. Do you see the stark contrast in the two visions? You see, the vision that God has for our life, if we discover that vision, then we start walking with God in a way where God is able to open up everything that He promises over our lives. We need to understand our vision, the vision is not about us. The vision is all about what God can accomplish in us and through us. It is God's preferred future. And you got to have a vision. you got to have a vision. you got to discover what it is God wants you to accomplish and be and do uh, in your life. You like Yogi Berra quotes? I found a Yogi Berra quote around this. It says... Uh, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. 
Does that make sense? If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. God wants you to have a vision. His vision for your life. And when you get in that vision, then your future can begin to open up. How do we know God wants us to have that vision? Well, we know it because God forms a vision for us and in us when He forms us. It's part of His creative process. It's part of the way He creates, right? We, we have a group of women here at Christ Church, and uh, they knit prayer shawls, okay? And so they sit there, and they, they knit shawls, but while they're knitting shawls, they're praying over the person, even though they may not know who's going to receive it, they're just praying over the person that's going to receive this prayer shawl and they're knitting, right? So while they're knitting, what are they knitting into the prayer shawl? Well, they're knitting all of their prayers for that person right into the prayer shawl. Now, when you look at the, at the shawl, what do you see? Well, you just see a knitted, knitted shawl, right? But embedded in it are the prayers that they've been praying over those people. Well, when God was forming you and fashioning you, it's the same process. That God was forming you and fashioning you, and while He was doing that, He was fashioning your future. He was fashioning a vision of what your life can become. We can see it in Psalm 139. David says, Nothing about me is hidden from you. I was secretly woven together deep in the earth below, but with your own eyes you saw my body being formed. Now notice the last part. Even before I was born, you had written in your book everything I would do. What is God doing while he's forming and fashioning us? Wow. He's forming and fashioning the possibilities of the difference that our life can make for the kingdom of God. God has plans for us. God has a future for us. We just need to discover what that vision is. Paul said to the Ephesians, God planned for us to do good things and to live how? As he always wanted us to live. You see how he had a plan? He, had, he has a purpose for your life? He has, he has a way for you to live? That's why he sent Christ to make us what we are. That's why Christ came. Christ came because we were living eye-focused lives. Christ came because we were walking in the path of sin. Christ came because we were living away from God. And he came to bring us back to God. Why? So that we could get back in the walk, back in the vision, back in the purpose that he wants us to accomplish. Back in the place where our lives become meaningful in making a difference for the kingdom of heaven. Paul says, Then when the time is right, God will do all that he has planned. And Christ will bring together everything in heaven on earth. Now look at this. God always does what he plans. And that's why he appointed Christ to choose us. How cool is that? When Christ came, he was choosing you. Why is he choosing you? He's choosing you because he knows what your life in Christ can become. He was choosing you because he knows the future that God has in store for you. He knows the vision of what the, the difference that your life can make in the kingdom of heaven. He knows it so well. And he knows it's so important that he was willing to lay his life down so you could live it. He was willing to give up his life so that you could live the vision and the purpose for which God created you. 
Paul says, and Christ did die for all of us. That's what he did it for. He died so that we would no longer live for ourselves, but for the one who died and raised life for us. Raised life for us. You see it? Our lives aren't about us. Our lives are about whatever it is God wants to do, whatever God wants to accomplish uh, in our lives. It's about living for Him. Now you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, okay, all right, I get it, but you don't know, Pastor, the reality of my life. You don't know where I am right now. You just don't know what's going on in my life right now. Well, here's the cool thing. Vision informs your reality. Vision doesn't just come out of your reality. Vision informs your reality. There was back in the Old Testament, these guys from uh, Ishkar. It says, the men of Ishkar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. What did they do? They understood the times. They understood the reality of what was going on. And at the same time, what did they also know? They also knew what the vision was. They knew what the vision was. You see, our vision not only grows out of our reality, but our vision informs our reality. Jesus was doing his ministry, and a young man came up to him and uh, said, uh, Boy, man, I just want to follow you. I want my life to make a difference. I want, to, I want to walk with you. I just want my life to stand for something. Tell me if there's anything else I have to do. Jesus comes back to him and says, Looking upon him and loving him, Jesus said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that, you, all that you have and give the money to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come and accompany me walking the same road that I walk. Our vision informs our reality. Our reality is to walk the walk that Jesus died so we can walk it. Let me give you an example. And it's some of our folks living in reality, right? We've got some folks here at Christ Church, uh, some business owners uh, at Christ Church, and they have a vision. And they understand in their reality right now what God has placed them in this world to do. And if you talk to them, they'll tell you it's really simple. They're simply here to run their business as best they can run it so that they can provide for a group of people, a group of employees, and more importantly, so they can make a lot of money. That's what they'll tell you. You say, whoa, that's good? Yeah, you know why? Because they understand they're not making it for themselves. They're making it so they can pour those resources into the mission and the ministry at Christ Church that's making a difference in people's lives. You talk to them and they'll tell you. The reason I'm doing my company is because I understand that's what God wants me to do right now. God's given me the opportunity to go ahead and provide for these folks and to make as much money as I can make so I can return that into the mission at Christ Church. And they understand that's the reality of what God wants them to be about. You see, their vision is informing their reality, isn't it? They've got a vision. They understand what their purpose is right now. And they're letting that vision say, hey, that's my purpose. That's what God wants me to do right now. And they're going to do it as best they can do it. Why? Not for themselves. They're going to do it because they know that's how they make a difference. That's how they make a difference. Now, think about it. Are they going to take care of themselves in the process? 
Yeah, if they make all the money they can and they return it, return a good portion of it into the ministry of Christ Church, they're still going to take good care of themselves. You see, that's the way God works. When we stay focused on what He wants, He's able to stay focused on what we need. It's discovering your vision in the midst of your reality and letting that vision inform your reality. Why? Because that's how we make a difference. That's how we make a difference, and that's what we're here for. If we look at John 17, Jesus is praying. He's talking to the Father, and he says, Father, I don't ask you to take my followers out of the world, but keep them safe in the evil one. So where are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be in the world, aren't we? Right? They don't belong to this world. Okay, it's not our place. We're foreigners there, and neither do I. Your word is truth. That's what governs us. So let this truth make them completely yours. So we're completely his, but I'm sending them into the world just as you sent me. Why? He sends us into the world so our lives make a difference. So our lives have purpose and meaning, and they make a difference for the kingdom of heaven every single day. See, I know my purpose. I know my purpose, and I'm wearing my purpose. Right? Anybody know what this thing is? You can say it. It's a fishing vest, right? Okay? This is my purpose. This is what God wants me to be about. God wants me to be about fishing for as many hearts and souls for the kingdom of heaven as I can possibly get. That's, that's what he developed me for. That's, I look at my life and the way it came along and, and why I'm here at Christ Church. It's all about the same thing. It's all about living so that the difference I make in the world is bring as many people as I can possibly bring to the awareness of how much Jesus Christ loves them, that he would die for them, that they could experience the kingdom of heaven, and their life could be renewed. That's my purpose. So I got a fishing vest because, well, that's what I wear on my journey. That's what I'm always doing on my journey. That's, that's my vision for what God wants in my life. To meet as many people as I can meet and introduce as many people as I can to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what I'm about. God has a purpose for you to make a difference in this world. That's where he sends us. He sends us out into that world. The cool thing is, if we go out into the world and we discover that vision and we get on task with what God wants in our life, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. That's the cool thing. When we give God our lives and say, God, it's all about you. I know you've got a vision for me. I'm going to discover that vision of what you want me to be and what you want me to do in life. God will take care of everything else for us. God will provide for us. All we have to do is discover the vision and stay on task. What we're going to do over these weeks is through the small group experiences and through Sunday morning is try to unpack in, in Sunday morning specific areas of our life. What is the vision for some of those specific areas of our life? So if you look at the back page of the handout that you got today, not the one with the sermon notes, but just the Kazon cover, right? You look inside there and you look at the inside back page. Right? You see a spoke there? All right? That's what we're going to do on Sunday mornings over these days. We're going to go around that spoke and discover 
Okay, what is God's vision for your life? And then, how does that vision apply to how you need to be as a person in terms of your work life, your finances, uh, your physical self, your spiritual self, your relationship with others, your relationship with God, right? We're going to wander that spoke and discover what does it mean to be a people who make a difference for Christ. Because I can tell you, God has put a vision in you. He's put a vision in you. It's just for us to discover it. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the journey. We're excited about the journey. Uh, we just pray that it would be one where you would open our eyes, that you would help us to have the right binoculars, that you would help us to, to see the vision that you have for us, that we could look at everything you've done in our life and we could discover what it is and the difference we need to make right now in our lives. Lord, we know no matter what age we are, the vision continues. We know there's no retirement from the kingdom of heaven. We're always here to serve you and to glorify you. So open up the future for us and help us discover what it is that you've appointed us to be and do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.